been a day. And so I woke up this morning. Yeah, Georgie chewed up another AirPod Wait, of mine. What do you mean another? Uh, this is this is my seventh pair of AirPods. But not all from Georgie. No, no, it was um, it started with Teddy, my little teddy bear dog. And then Winston got on that bandwagon and chewed up a few. Georgie joined the club this morning. Well, Georgie's just doing what all the dogs do in your family. They like AirPods. <laughs> they literally love my AirPods. And it's it's becoming so bad that I have like extra AirPod cases. And do you remember a couple months ago when you were like, Paul lost his AirPod case yes. on his last trip? And I was like, well, you know what, Marie? I happen to have a whole drawer full of AirPod and cases. And he was very appreciative. I'm just going to say, <laughs> I, it, that was so funny because Paul was like, oh no, I lost my AirPod case. I said, don't worry. I know somebody who has many. <laughs> And her name is Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none, not yeah. My husband is not too happy right now because you know it's the seventh. I do keep buying them because I love them. Like, I, you, and I can't go. I can't cheap out on them because I mean they are really the quality is so good with I the know. Apple AirPods. I have the Pros, so it's like I just. Oh man, ugh. oh man. Maybe you need to put them in a higher spot. So well, that I they thought I did. I have. I have two. I have two sets of AirPods right now, and I I switch them out. We're still in this writer strike and SAG after a strike. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, kind of update you on some things. I think we're going to be talking about this subject a little bit as time goes on because it's a big deal. And, yeah. You know, this hasn't happened. We're both have been on strike since 1960. Mm -hmm. And people want to know. And, you know, there's just so much, so much going on with these streaming platforms and uh, the AI piece that, you know, they, they're really far apart still. And they're saying it's looking like it might even go through the remainder of 2023. And we may not care, you know, get a resolve until early 2024 even. So, well, that's what the SAG chief negotiator had said yeah. a couple of days ago. He had made a comment till we can get back to the table and have some reasonable conversation about these issues that are very important to us, we're willing to go through and we don't think it's going to end until January or February of 2024. Now, keep in mind, they, SAG does not really want that to happen. I don't think WGA does either, but they are willing to go there if they right. have to. Right. So that means a lot of things, content that you're used to seeing, you're not yeah. going to see. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about this the other day. I was telling you, well, you know, Deadpool was supposed to come out in May. They had to stop production on that. So that's not going to happen now. Right. Mm -hmm. And several other huge projects. Oh, tons of projects. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so this is going to throw us all off for sure. But, you know, just have to all keep in mind it's for a good cause. The end game is very important. And so we all just have to stick together in solidarity. And some ways that we can do that is you can donate to the Entertainment Community Fund by going to entertainmentcommunityfund.org. And you can donate to help some of those families that maybe have some medical bills or, you know, rent to pay because nobody's working right now. You know, you have to think about this. This really spreads out to all aspects of production. And so if they're not working, they're not able to pay bills. So we can all help them out and donate if, if you can or raise money if you can, anything you can do to help. Yeah, I think people look at the top 1%, those people that are making millions. Yeah. But the reality is that is 1%. The yeah. majority of the people do not make a lot of money. 
and it does trickle down into catering and hair and makeup mm-hmm. and the Teamsters and everybody else. Oh, yeah. Including, I would say, businesses that also rely on the entertainment industry. Oh, absolutely. Just in the areas of where they're shooting. So mm-hmm. if you, and that could be anywhere in the States. Yeah. You, you know, somebody's shooting a SAG project in Virginia, that's not going to happen now. And then the local economy doesn't get any of that money. Right. So it really does trickle down to a lot of different oh, places. Oh, for sure. Yep, absolutely. So we do definitely want to get that uh, resolved and hopefully they can all come to the table yeah. and do that. But in the meantime, we did talk about the exception and a lot of people were confused by that. Yeah. But there are there have been 55 films that have gotten exceptions do you want to tell them where they can find that information yes. in case so, they get auditions yes okay so if you do get any auditions and you're you're curious to know if they are on the exempt list they have a waiver through SAG-AFTRA you can go to the website SAGAFTRAStrike.org. Uh, there's a hyperlink on there that you can click and it'll bring up a pdf of all of the approved productions and they'll have at the top of it uh, revised as of so make sure you're looking at the latest copy it should be the one that you click on I'm sure they're updating it constantly but um, yeah you can go to sagafterstrike.org see what's been approved to to continue production and just a reminder when you are posting on social media you want to make sure that you're not posting anything that promotes the amptp and doing any projects associated with the amptp yes there you go there you go everybody (laughs) okay on to our topic of the day Pitfalls of new actors. The pitfalls that new actors sometimes fall into. Oh, yes. And there are quite a few that we're going to go over today. Even if you're a seasoned actor, these could still apply to you. So, I mean, this can kind of go across the board for everybody. But as a new actor, a lot of times we will see this at the studio and we'll go through this in just a moment. But, you know, there's there's things that, that have come up and I think we need to make actors aware of, of the things that they need to be concerned about when starting out in this business and make sure that they're following the rules, I guess. Or <laughs> yeah, I, I think basically what we're trying to say is just being a good actor, not only professionally all the way around being a good mm-hmm. person and figuring those things out because some of the times you're doing things and you don't even realize what you're doing is probably not a good look. Yeah. I would say it like that. So one of the things is being competitive with other actors that are in your class or at your studio or friends. Yes, I see. Um, I don't see a lot of this at my studio just because I really proud myself in fostering a very, uh, a very supportive environment in my actors. I instill that right off the bat that your acting peers are, this is your community. These are your people. And this is a tough business. And so competition's out there already. You don't need to create it in your home. You don't need to create it for yourselves. So really and truly supporting your fellow actors. You're all in this together. Believe me when I say the person who's supposed to book the role will book the role. Being competitive and mean and ugly will not service you or anyone else. It just creates more issues. So really lean on your fellow actors, learn from each other and keep that, you know, check that baggage at the door. Absolutely. And one of the things I remember my son saying a few years ago, mom, we're all really good actors. That's Mm -hmm. why we have the audition. And it'll go to the person that is best suited for that audition. It doesn't mean I'm a bad actor if I don't get it. It just means that role wasn't meant for me. And the next one will come around. There are so many, so many reasons and factors into why one actor books a role over another. And it rarely ever comes down to talent, to be fair. So again, no competitive uh, feelings towards your fellow actor. 
Yeah, and I think Lilla talked about that too. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, you'll hear it in, in, in there too because that's one of the things that she discussed. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about auditions. Let's talk about the fact that you get an audition and then we get kids that brag about their audition. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and that's going to that's gonna show off that, you know, the naivete of a new actor. You don't need to go around running around telling everybody what auditions you get. And and because and honestly, what's going to happen is somebody who's not in this business is going to come back to you a week later and go, hey, how about how that audition go? And you're going to be like, well, I didn't get it. So it's kind of embarrassing, but it also kind of just makes you look really naive to this business. You know, just just keep those to yourselves. No need to go around and post about it or brag to your friends that you have it. And that brings me to another thing. Don't ever post your auditions online. That's a big no, no, not even just your auditions. But I have seen a lot of kids that'll post their scene work from class. Yeah, don't do that. It's not a good look. I have to say a lot of times uh, from what I've seen when kids do that, it's it's not favorable content either for them. It's actually kind of makes them look uh, a little novice. So I would just keep your keep your profiles professional and, and don't litter it with, you know, silly classwork and things like that. There's no reason for it. And also, you don't even know if you can post some of that classwork. Right. I mean, depending upon if it's even been produced or not, or maybe sometimes you're you're doing a scene from an audition that's currently happening and you don't even know, just don't get yourselves in hot water. You don't want to do that. We're talking about social media now. What are some other things that you shouldn't be posting on social media? So remember, you guys, you're branding yourselves. So when you are posting things, those never go away. Uh, sometimes what I've seen over the years is especially the younger ones, the teen teenagers that haven't fully come to understand the the ramifications of certain postings. And really and truly, parents, you should be monitoring this as well, because sometimes these kids post things and the parents have no idea. But just remember that that is out there forever. You put it out there, it is out there forever. And you don't want any kind of content out there that is going to come back and bite you in the butt. And one thing you have to remember is as you're posting, you have to think to yourself, what if I got a Disney audition? What I'm doing, is this going to be part of my brand? Are they going to be upset by this if they go back and look? Yeah, actors have been fired from jobs. They'll book, you know, especially with Disney Nickelodeon, because it's kids, it's geared for kids. And so it's a bad look for them if they've got you know, an actor on their show that has posted content that isn't appropriate, let's say, or or maybe racially insensitive. I mean, it could be a number of things, but just mind your, you know, P's and Q's and, and don't post anything that you'll regret later. How do you feel about people who do monologues and are singing like they're auditioning and they're posting those on their social media? I mean, I... <sighs> I don't think it's necessary to do it. Um, it's a little silly. I don't think it's going to benefit you in any way. Most film and TV people don't really care that you can sing and dance and all that fun stuff. And nobody really does monologues anymore because, I mean, film and TV is rarely ever monologues. So I would just say, you know, anything that's, you know, maybe if you're super proud of it, you can post it. But I mean, it's not going to service you in any way in terms of like, you know, garnering you any attention from a producer or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're posting things, because maybe you were in a show, things like that, and you're not posting it for the fact of, hey, look at me, look like an audition. Because I think a lot you can tell some of them kids, and they have a blue screen behind them, and they're singing, or they're doing these monologues. And I'm like, why is this happening right now? Yeah, it's it's just not necessary. Yeah, I think you just have to use your judgment as to yeah. what you're doing. Putting up a picture of you as a still doing an audition. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. It's I mean, I, I guess that's a way of saying, you know, I'm, I'm busy. I'm, I'm auditioning. Um, you know, I think it's fine. 
So the other thing that we were talking about is not putting the cart before the horse. Yes. And what I mean by that is I'll get a kiddo or or an actor for that matter in class and they'll be there like a month and then they'll come up after class and ask me, you know, so when can I get an agent? When do I get an agent? That's always the first question. I need an agent. When do I get an agent? I'm sorry. I, I mean, everybody, there's no right answer for that to be fair because some people get them fairly early on right off the bat and others, it takes years and there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Other than, you know, you need to be ready for it training wise. And that's why you need to be in classes. And, you know, you need to be ready for the busy side of it too, where you're, if you get auditions, you're going to be busy taping those, preparing for those auditions, memorizing lines. And so it's a, it's a lot. And so I don't think, I think actors think like, oh, I get an agent and then then, poof, I get a job. You know, it doesn't work like that. It's a lot of work. It's a commitment. And I really, I really think people need to understand that, but they also need to be they need to be ready training wise. You don't want to get in front of an agent when you haven't been training that long and then waste that opportunity because you're not talent wise there yet. You're not competitive yet in your market. You need to be able to compete. And so I would say don't waste those opportunities by trying to do it too early on. Okay. And the other thing that I see is that people will get a rep and then actors will stop taking classes because they think they don't need to anymore. Oh my gosh. I literally, and that is the worst thing you can do because half the time, well, with my studio, I mean, it's the agents come here to scout And so their expectation is, you know, I'm getting a student from Lauren's studio. Um, I know they're trained. I know they're well-trained. And then if you, you know, the expectation is you're going to continue to train. Um, And a lot of times actors will say, oh, I got my agent. I don't need to take classes anymore. You are constantly learning. There is no master level of this. You are constantly learning. You're constantly evolving. You're learning from the different people in your classes. There's absolutely, and again, I go back to this, you know, to the sports analogy, but it's like you get on an NFL team and you just don't show up for practice anymore. I mean, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Or you get on an NFL team and you decide that you're going to do something else and put that as your secondary? As your secondary, thing? yeah. Like when, when uh, <laughs> you know, when an actor comes in and they say, you know, I, I, I want to take this seriously and this is what my passion and, and I get that whole earful. And then uh, I'll say, well, my, you know, the class you'd be great for is on a Monday night. Oh, I have cheer practice that day. Okay, so then this isn't the most important <laughs> thing for you. So you just, you know, and no offense to cheerleaders. I'm not saying I just, that was my first thought that came to me. But, you know, it's it, it's good for kids to have their different abilities and, and things like that. But you really need to prioritize. If you have an agent, the expectation is you're in class and you're training and you're putting this first. And when actors don't do that and they're doing their cheer practice instead of going to acting class, that's not doing your due diligence and that's failing your agent or your manager. And I see that a lot with kids that get LA agents pretty quickly. They don't understand what they have. Mm-hmm. They take it for granted. And yeah. if you are fortunate enough to have LA representation, then that is your first priority. That is this absolutely is, your first priority. Yeah. One million percent. Because it's way too competitive and somebody else is more than happy to make this their first priority. Oh, yeah. And again, I know we've mentioned this on other podcasts, you guys. Agents and managers will drop you if you are not keeping up. And a lot of the times, like I said, if you're scouted at the studio here, agents and managers check in with me. How's so-and-so doing in class? Well, I haven't seen so-and-so in class in six months. What? They're not in classes regularly? And that becomes a problem. So, you know, just keep up and do your end of the bargain train, train, train. Another thing that I have noticed actors do, and I can understand because sometimes maybe 
money can be an issue. But self-taping when you're new to this, please don't do it. If you can figure out a way, at least in the beginning for the film and TV auditions to get in with a coach and a professional taper, that tape is the new calling card. It's it's the first look the casting director has of you. And if the quality is bad, if you're totally off the mark in terms of like the tone of the, of the piece or what you're auditioning for, you are going to look silly and that tape isn't going to be watched and that's a wasted audition. You have to remember this is an investment just like any other sport or thing you're involved in and audition taping is part of that. And I think you need to realize that that's an art form too. And so know how to audition tape um, before you'd start doing it at home. So I would go to a service absolutely in the beginning, especially in the beginning, just to learn if you're financially struggling. And then again, back to community, friend your fellow actors in class and, you know, tape each other. Because, you know, I mean, if you can't afford a coach or a taping facility, lean on your friends because they're going to need you to do it for them one day. They'll need a reader too. So for sure. And the other thing I see is if they don't hit something right away. And maybe it takes them a while to even book a commercial. A lot of kids will give up. And that's, you know, and that's understandable. Kids, kids going through this, they, they audition and audition and audition, and then they hear nothing. It's crickets. You know, you work hard on these auditions and then nothing comes to fruition. There's no instant gratification like you would if you were doing a play, getting that recognition from the audience, clapping, coming up to you after the show to compliment you. There's nothing like that. You may or may not get some response, pardon me, some uh, feedback from your agent or manager on your tape, but but it does, it becomes difficult, but that's part of this business. And actors, you know, it's tough. And sometimes it takes years before you even book one thing. But if this is what you want to do, you just have to keep hitting the pavement and keep doing it and don't give up. And another thing that I've noticed, sometimes kids will be bored and they'll pull out their phones. In class, yes. Yeah. I have seen that. Yeah. They know better in my classes, but you know, those darn phones are just permanently glued to every child and person these days. So just make sure that that's not a distraction. You don't need to be on your phones. It's it's not respectful either to your fellow actors if they're up there performing and getting notes and pouring their hearts out and you're sitting there scrolling your Instagram. Not a good look. Yeah. And I think that really happens more with teenagers. Yeah. Than does. any other it group. Does. That's high school students more than any other group. So you want to watch out for that. And last, Marie, you want to tackle this one? As a mom of... Oh, the Facebook groups? Oh, Is that what we're talking gosh, about? The uh, okay. Facebook groups. There's two things. There are some Facebook groups that are truly out there for actors that either have reps or are looking like independent filmmakers, short films, things like that. That's fine. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about are these Facebook groups for moms that talk about auditions... Or dads. Or dads, yes. Um... <laughs> And some actors. <laughs> and actors. Yes. You know, it's it's the it's really gossipy. A yeah, lot of the, the information. Yeah. It's the ones that are saying, Oh, I got a call back when they really didn't get a call back. It's those Oh, this always- person booked it already when in fact the role is still being cast. Like there's so many it's you know a lot of misinformation. It's a lot of misinformation. Feelings get hurt. Then a lot of times these these people get panicked about things that they're reading online and then they're going to their reps and bugging their reps about what they heard through this group and and it just becomes a hot mess. It's I've, the FOMO group. 
Yeah. The fear of missing out group. Yeah. And a lot of times it's the way you can tell if you have a Facebook group that's like that is if they're talking about very specific people and projects. Yes. Most of the other ones that are supportive and there's a lot of actors um, that are out there. There's these groups for young adults and new people starting out that are not like this. They're just like, hey, how do I, you know, the stuff that we talk about in right. our podcast. Exactly. <laughs> That's like, what hey, they're talking I, I about. Need to, I need to get you a know? new uh, tripod. Does anybody have one that yeah. they, they use that they love? Or, hey, I'm new to the LA area. Is there an acting studio that you would recommend? You know, things that are kind of general uh, helping, you know. Right. Those are that, very, very that's different. That's great. But if you're on there and there's these people going back and forth on a thread talking about a specific audition and who they think got it or who they who they call, called back or da, 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 or it's already been booked and it hasn't. I mean, there's so many different things. That's going to get you into trouble. And I know for a fact, because I've had this conversation with many agents and managers, they do not like it. So just steer clear, guys. <laughs> for sure. And honestly, I've never been on one of those. So I, I've, I've seen the other ones and those have been helpful for a lot of sure. people. And I've tried to help a lot of people on those. But the ones where they're talking about other people and cat, I, I, I just don't even understand. I don't know. <laughs> you, know I mean? you know, it's it, some of that stuff. I don't see how that helps. Silly, silly. So that would be that on those Facebook groups. Oh, the other thing too that we wanted to talk about was the whole thing with managers and agents, there's a lot of mistakes, common mistakes people make and pitfalls. Instead of us going over it again, my suggestion is look or don't look, listen, because <laughs> I'm looking at Lauren right now. <laughs> listen to our podcast about agent and manager etiquette. That'll help you smooth the sales yeah. for you know, moving how, to, how to deal with that how relationship. With that. Yeah, Absolutely. Navigate. Is there anything else that you can think of as far as pitfalls? Lauren? I think that basically covers it. And I will say this too, when we were talking about classes, I just have to share because Lauren and I were just talking about this yesterday. And I was saying to her, Hey, you've had both my kids for a long time, right? Now, how long have you had Ethan? Like six, seven years, maybe eight. Eight years. Eight years. In the time, we're going to use him as an example. My daughter's very similar to him. In the time that you've had him, has he really ever missed class except for when he first started college that first semester? No. No, he didn't, actually. Um, neither have. They are both very committed to class. That's one thing I will commend them on. They, they take this as their number one thing and as it should be. And, and they're Ethan, good little actors for it. And Ethan did football, basketball. He yep, played they music. Did theater. He did theater. He did UIL, which is a very Texas thing. But he still made time. And when he hasn't, when he's missed like a few classes, like a month, we'll say, for whatever reason. And that was, I think the only time was when he had the flu in UIL. Yeah, that's that's. He came back in and he said, I'm never doing this again. This is a nightmare. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not good for my acting. You know, you just, you gotta, you gotta just schedule wisely. Um, I get it. I have two kids and they both do two very different things. And, you know, it's a puzzle piece. But, you know, again, if this is something you're passionate about and you want to do, you need to be in classes and you need to fit your schedule around the class that you're supposed to be studying in. So. Yeah, and right now I have a daughter who's in high school, and that's exactly what she does. Yeah. She looks at other things, and she says, if it's on a Tuesday, because that is her class, she's like, I can't do it. Right. This is my priority. I'm not going to miss out on my class, because she's worked really hard to be in that class. Mm-hmm. 
And that's a covenant class for you. It is. Yeah. Tuesday nights <laughs> is the hot one. It's the hot one. And she is not giving that up. She worked too hard for that. And she's like, oh, heck no. <laughs> so I do think that you just have to figure out what your priorities are. And it's okay if you have other priorities. Just don't come crying saying, why am I not booking? Why, why am I not booking? Why don't I have an agent? Why? Or why am I not getting auditions? Or, or what, what, why don't I get callbacks ever? Right. You know, I, I mean, like it's that. everything in life is what you put into it. 110%. Okay, so now that we did all that, next week, well, I don't even know if it'll be next week, but coming soon. Coming we'll soon, say. coming soon. Coming soon, we have, we want to share? Yes, so our next guest on the show will be Reagan Wallace Mendez, who is one of the youth theatrical agents at Coast to Coast Talent Agency. And she and I have been friends for many, many years. She's picked up a lot of my kids, had some really wonderful successes with them. And I just adore her. And she is going to be a wealth of information. So really excited to talk to her and, and share you with you guys. Yeah. And Coast to Coast is one of the Coast to Coast is one of the when I was in casting, youth. if I ever needed kids, Coast to Coast was like top, top three that I would call first for the best kids in the business. So we're super excited. Super to talk excited. To Just to remind you, we do drop new episodes every Thursday and you can follow us on Instagram at actor101 underscore. And leave us any tips, tricks, and anything you want to ask us there if you have anything for us. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Have, have a, a great, great day. day. <laughs>